Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode six of the Shakedown Podcast, the NASCAR podcast that breaks boundaries and stirs up controversy. I am your host, Mike Bachman. Thanks for being with me here today. Happy Friday, everybody. It's Daytona Road Course Weekend. I am extremely excited for this weekend and the uncertainty heading into this weekend. We're going to talk about all of that later on in the show and going to be touching on some pieces of news that broke this morning and the past couple of days. Should be a fun show. Uh, we're not going to waste any time. So wherever you are, however you are listening to this podcast, it is Friday. So why don't you kick back, relax, crack open a cold one. Let's get this show on the road, man. We, uh, we've got some exciting things to discuss and a, a big weekend to preview. So without further ado, let's get after it. So we are starting today's episode with some sponsorship news, and this is coming out of the Richard Petty Motorsports Camp and Bubba Wallace. He appeared on the Today Show this morning and revealed a new partnership with DoorDash. DoorDash, of course, the on-demand food delivery service, and this partnership is between Bubba Wallace and Richard Petty Motorsports. They will run seven races this year, starting at the Daytona Road Course. So again, another big-name sponsor that Bubba Wallace is bringing to this team. I mean, over the course of the past month, he's brought in Cash App, He's brought in Columbia Apparel, now DoorDash. So a lot of new money coming in that will definitely be a big help for this team. And Bubba Wallace also sat down with Bob Pockris of Fox Sports earlier in the week and was asked about his future plans. And Bubba had some interesting comments regarding what he looks for in a race team. It's not all about, you know, just getting in the car every week and kind of doing that every single week, just that repetition, kind of just going through the motions. Uh, he values family, and he indicated that feeling like family is most important, and he's getting that at Richard Petty Motorsports. He has established a great relationship with the team, with Richard Petty, and now with his sponsors. So it sounds like, just from his comments, that he is leaning towards staying with Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, I do believe that he should take whichever opportunity gives him the best chance to win so that we can really see what Bubba is made of, if he's made of it or not. And Richard Petty Motorsports, even with all this money coming in, is not going to be a top 10 car every single week. I mean, even with the new next-gen car that's debuting in 2022, where the cars are going to have spec chassis and it's going to be leveling the playing field, you know, the added funding will definitely help Richard Petty Motorsports become more competitive. But to say that it's going to elevate them to a top 10, top 5 car every single week is just, is just not going to happen. Um, teams like Joe Gibbs Racing and Stuart Haas that have top-notch engine programs and other programs in the shop, you know, they will still be better teams, but it is definitely a help. And, you know, Richard Petty Motorsports was in a precarious situation years ago when they lost Eric Almarola and Smithfield. Smithfield was a huge, huge part of that team's income. They had a huge deal with that company, and they went with Eric Almarola to Stuart Haas. So, uh, Richard Petty Motorsports was in a pickle for, for quite a while, but now they are bringing on much more sponsorship, and it's really great to see. You know, we want to see the 43 car running up front. It's it's such an iconic, iconic, probably the most iconic number in all of NASCAR. It's the king. We want to see Richard Petty Motorsports competitive. So if Bubba Wallace is able to continue making deals uh, and bringing on new sponsorship and ultimately decides to stay with Richard Petty Motorsports, that team will become more competitive but I still don't think it's going to put him in winning scenarios. 
If he wants a greater chance at that, then it's with Chip Ganassi racing in the 42 car. But that offer's still on the table. Bubba has not made his decision. But just hearing his comments and what he's saying, it sounds like he's going to remain at Richard Petty Motorsports and try and really build that program. They've given him a lot. He's given them a lot. And obviously with the ownership stake and just his comments about a family atmosphere and feeling like family is going to have to start all over if he decided to go to Chip Ganassi with new personnel, a new team, uh, new teammates, you know, the whole nine. So I think it sounds like Bubba is going to stay with Richard Petty Motorsports, but we will see when that report is released and officially confirmed. Now moving over to another driver, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson unveiled a new paint scheme for the remainder of the regular season, I believe it is. It is dubbed as the Rally paint scheme or the rally paint scheme you know with with ally financial but jimmy johnson is 26 points below the cut line and will run this paint scheme during his final push of the playoffs it's basically the same thing except with a uh with a white foreground and not a black foreground i mean the paint scheme looks absolutely beautiful uh looks so good so could this add a spark to the team's performance i mean it's a little change of change of pace uh could maybe spark a little fire in that team's performance it's going to be a very, very important four weeks for Jimmy Johnson and these and these bubble drivers, you know, especially at tracks where the Daytona road course is going to be unknown, Dover doubleheader, and then Daytona Oval, which is going to be an unknown in itself as it always is. Um, it's going to be, it's going to get crazy. It's going to be one hell of a four weeks to wrap up the regular season. And, you know, the stories coming out of the Daytona road course could totally shake things up. So we'll see what happens. But now, Jimmy Johnson uh, looking to hit that final push to the playoffs. But with that, I now want to break down the playoff bubble a little bit and see where guys are going into this weekend and what it could look like coming out of the weekend. So let's break down this playoff bubble. So in looking at the playoff drivers, I'm only going to look at guys that I still think have a legitimate shot of missing out. Uh, you, when you talk about guys like Eric Amarola, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, they've been so consistent this year, and they have such a cushion, 100 points plus above the cut line. You know, they're not missing the playoffs unless they finish last every single race. I mean, which I guess is still a possibility if you have the road course and then the Daytona Oval, anything could happen. But I still I think that those guys are safe for the time being, and it doesn't warrant a discussion in terms of their position on the playoff grid right now. But I want to start with Clint Boyer, because Clint Boyer has a pretty beefy uh, cushion at 60 points above the cutoff line. And that might seem like it's pretty safe, but Clint Boyer's performance on the track has been lackluster, uh, to say the least. He's got seven straight finishes outside of the top 10. You know, even running decent at Michigan last weekend, dominated the first stage, was able to get that stage point. I believe he has three stage wins on the year this year. So those are going to be important, but he's not finishing the races where we would hope that he's finishing, especially where he's starting. Uh, he, You know, Clint Boyer's complained about not starting up front, but I mean, he can't finish up front. So Clint, I mean, come on, man. If you're going to complain that you're not starting up front. I mean, even when you do start up front, you're not finishing up front. So, you know, you got to work on the speed in that car. And because you haven't been so consistent, I think that there is still a chance that you can miss the playoffs and that Clint Boyer could miss the playoffs. I think it's, you know, highly unlikely. I think he does have a big enough cushion, but it's still a possibility. 60 points, 
especially if you if you don't rack up stage points and guys below you do then that really does pose a problem and Clint Boyer not being able to finish races um, in the top 10 or comparative to where he's running most of the races you know that's not what you need especially running in the playoffs you know you're not gonna you're not going to spend much time in the playoffs if that's if that's how you're running so uh, Clint Boyer needs to find speed again not sure what his future looks like with Stuart Haas Racing or in the Cup Series for that matter he has um, said that he wants to retire at Stuart Haas Racing so is he going to get a contract extension I don't know I still think that Kyle Larson has a legitimate shot of being in that 14 car next year so you know time will tell but Clint Boyer uh, needs to find some better speed in that 14 car to really be safe and if he really wants to try and make a run uh, deeper in the playoffs than just the first round so Clint Boyer in the best spot possible of all these drivers um, but still needs to put together solid races to keep his cushion moving right along we have Matt Benedetto, who is 57 points above the cutoff line it's been a pretty up and down year for Matty D in the 21 car uh, I think he's brought a lot of speed but it's been a little inconsistent. I think this weekend is a prime weekend for Matty D to really score some points. Um, and this next stretch could solidify his playoff spot. You know, he runs well at road courses. He's got a solid track record at Dover uh, with some top 20 finishes. And Daytona, you know, he Daytona 500 last year led the most laps. So, even Paul Menard, when he was wheeling this 21 car at Daytona, they had they had a lot of speed. So Matt Benedetto can solidify his spot in the playoffs in this next stretch of races, especially this weekend. I think he's poised for a very, very good run, and I'll just tell you how good when I break down my Fantasy Five at the end of the show. Uh, but Matt Benedetto has had a pretty solid year, a little inconsistent, but definitely proving himself as a playoff contender and as somebody that could possibly... Uh, work his way into the round of 12, maybe even into the round of eight with some consistent performances. If that team's able to run up front, grab stage points, and possibly lead some laps and be there at the end, you know, Matt Benedetto could make some noise. So I wouldn't count him out just yet to be, a, if he does make the playoffs, to be a first round exit. I think that he has legit shot of making it through the round of 12, possibly to the round of eight. So it's going to be an important couple of, couple of races for Matt Benedetto that I think that he could really capitalize on these points. Now William Byron, who's got the final playoff spot in the top 16, 26 points above the cut line. And I think it's safe to say that William Byron has had a pretty disappointing year. I think at the beginning of the year, a lot of people had high expectations for William Byron. His third year in the Cup Series, his second full year with Chad Knauss. Uh, we were expecting this relationship to really mold together this year. And, you know, obviously with unusual circumstances, you can't really mold together that relationship as much as you would want to. But still, um, we talk about the dominance of Chevy and Hendrick Motorsports in the beginning of the year and then how they just completely fell off a cliff when they returned from the pandemic hiatus. So it's unfortunate because William Byron has a lot of potential, just hasn't been able to live up to it. He has won top 10 in the last seven races. And he's still in great danger of missing the playoffs. And I think that he is going to miss the playoffs. I don't think that he's going to have enough uh, for a guy like Eric Jones or even a Jimmy Johnson, for that matter, who are still in it. Um, William Byron, I just think 
bad luck has plagued this team and mid-race woes have plagued this team. And I just don't think that he's going to have enough down the stretch to keep his 26-point cushion. It's going to be close, but I, I don't think William Byron is going to make the playoffs. And I think that will be very hard to swallow just because, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, the beginning of this year, I thought William Byron was, was going to win multiple races. I thought this team, again, second year with Chad Knauss, really molding together, trying to really establish that relationship, uh, just hasn't been there. And William Byron's still winless and still looking for that spark to really showcase what he is made of in that 24 car. So we will see, um, but I just don't think that it's going to be enough to be able to continue to hold that. So I think William Byron's going to miss out. And then right behind him, a guy that's been in the news probably more than he would than he would like over the past couple of days is Eric Jones. 26 points below the cutoff line, the first driver outside looking in. And Eric Jones, man, his his season this year, and it just seems like most of his seasons, he's either finishing in the top five or he's finishing outside of the top 20. Let me just pull up his recent his stats for the uh, his finishing stats for 2020. Uh, because you look at it and it's just like he's either finishing in the top five or finishing in the outside of the top 20. So if we look at the last 10 races, Homestead 21st, 5th Talladega, Pocono 38th, Pocono 3rd, Indianapolis 33rd, Kentucky 22nd, Texas 6th, Kansas 5th, Loudoun 24th, Michigan 11th, Michigan 27th. So seriously, uh, he is either finishing in the top five or finishing outside of the top 20 because he's only got one finish inside of the top 20 that is not in the top 10 uh, over the course of the past 10 races. So that is inconsistency at his finest. Um, And Jones can get hot at any point and work his way into the playoffs. I mean, he can have a string of top five finishes. Again, he's one of the only bubble drivers that's capitalizing on all of these stage points. I mean, Michigan, he was the only bubble driver to secure stage points, I believe, in every single stage. Uh, that 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 was run. So Eric Jones can run up front. They just lose it, man. Whether it be woes on pit road, penalties, mid-race accidents, mechanical failures, whatever, whatever it is. Just seems like Eric Jones is another one. But again, could get red hot. He could have a good weekend this weekend. He won the uh, summer race at Daytona a couple of years ago for his first win in the Cup Series, so don't count him out yet. And now maybe driving with a little chip on his shoulder after getting ousted by, uh, not Richard Petty, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, and now uncertain of his future. So Eric Jones has nothing to lose here. He can make some bold moves and take some more risks and try and, you know, see what he's really made of. And then we have Jimmy Johnson, who is in the same boat as Eric Jones, tied uh, with 26 points below the cut line. And Jimmy Johnson hasn't finished in the top 10 since Martinsville, and he's another driver that could really capitalize on this next stretch of races. Uh, he's run well at the, at the Charlotte Roval. We obviously all know what happened in the inaugural Roval race. Jimmy Johnson was challenging for the win and coming into the coming into the chicane a little too hot, taking out Martin Truex Jr. and allowed Ryan Blaney to get that win. But I think Jimmy, with this new paint scheme, if it really is going to give him a spark... Um, he could have a good weekend this weekend. He's in the best starting position possible of the bubble drivers starting in 11th. If he's able to stay up there and capitalize on stage points, uh, 
he can make some moves forward. And then you have Dover, Jimmy Johnson's playground. Uh, Doubleheader weekend. I've stated what I believe is going to happen on this show. Call me crazy, but you got to be bold sometimes. And that is being bold. Maybe a little stupid, but bold nonetheless. So Jimmy Johnson is going to make the playoffs. Uh, Whether that is actually sweeping the Dover doubleheader next week or pointing his way in, which probably the latter of the two is more realistic. But you never know. Jimmy Johnson could easily win a race at Dover, having 11 wins at that track. And guys are going to be looking at him all weekend. And you would think that some drivers, that might get into their heads a little bit, just knowing how dominant Jimmy Johnson is at Dover. Especially if he runs well, you watch out. You know, when in golf, for example, with Tiger Woods, and when when guys are paired with Tiger Woods, you know, we even I'll just take with the Masters when he won the Masters uh, last year. You know, when he was working his way up the leaderboard and his name was atop the leaderboard, we saw guys crumble. We saw Francesco Molinari crumble, and guys in his groupings crumble just because Tiger Woods in contention. That just gets in. That just gets in other golfers' heads. So if Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, is able to be there towards the end, running up front with a chance to win, you would think that guy. It's going to get into drivers' heads a little bit, especially on the playoff bubble. So Jimmy Johnson is in not a terrible spot, I would say, and really, really just needs to put together a string of perfect races, no mistakes. And just go at it because he could, he's going to make the playoffs. He is going to make the playoffs. It's going to happen. And then finally, Tyler Reddick, who is 36 points below the cut line and 18th, he did announce that he will be staying at RCR. There was speculation possibly uh, if he was going to leave the organization, maybe even uh, take the 48 ride at Hendrick Motorsports. But that is not happening because he's staying at Richard Petty or not Richard. I keep saying Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, Richard Childress Racing, Tyler Reddick will be remaining at. Um, And he's had a solid rookie campaign, man. I mean, Tyler Reddick has been one of the most exciting rookies, I think, that we have seen. This rookie class has been really exciting. They've really come into their own as of late. But Tyler Reddick's got seven top tens this year. I had predicted that he would make the playoffs in my preseason predictions. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I just don't think that they have enough to show for guys like Eric Jones, William Byron, Jimmy Johnson. Um, The lack of experience and just the equipment that they're in. I mean, hell, it would be awesome to see RCR get two cars in the playoffs. That team could really, really use that. But I just don't think it's going to happen with Tyler Reddick. He's been solid, but I don't think it's worthy of a playoff berth right now and I just think the lack of experience going into the unknowns of the next couple of weeks and all everything else considered um, I don't think it's going to be enough but still very very solid campaign and I mean hell we talk about guys that were outside of the playoffs and secured wins Cole Custer and Austin Dillon both guys outside of the top 16 in points Um, If those guys hadn't won races, William Byron, Eric Jones, or Jimmy Johnson would be in the playoffs. It would be very, very close. So these guys wouldn't necessarily maybe have much to worry about. But when you have guys on the outside looking in, securing wins, they're not even in the top top, 16 in points. uh, Well, it really shakes it up. So 
you know, we will see. But the playoff bubble is getting tighter and tighter and tighter as the weeks go down. We got four weeks left. Four races left. Well, three weeks left. Four races left. And, man, it's only going to get more exciting. And let's now preview one of the most uncertain weekends, the Daytona Road Course. The moment that a lot of us have been waiting for, the Daytona Road Course. So, a lot of drivers were interviewed and asked questions about uh, what their thoughts are going into the weekend. So, let's just break down some of the comments made by some drivers before we actually go into a little preview of the weekend. Um, So, let's just see what some drivers had to say. We'll we'll start with Kevin Harvick. This is all taken from NASCAR.com. Kevin Harvick says, quote, I think me leading everybody into turn one at Daytona could be interesting because I have no freaking clue where I'm going as we go down there. That's true. Kevin Harvick has got the hardest job of everybody this weekend. Heading into turn one, nobody knows what's going to happen. Are guys going to be conservative? Are there going to be guys that will capitalize on others being conservative and try and make moves? Drivers do not know how these cars are going to react. They can only learn so much from other simulators and if guys were able to run like the Rolex 24, for example, or IROC when they used to race here in the mid-2000s. They can only learn so much and take so much from that and apply it to the stock car. So Kevin Harvick's got the hardest job of anybody sending it into turn one, hoping to not lock the brakes up. And then I'm more interested to see they get through the first lap, how going into turn one at speed looks like uh, heading into lap two. You know, they added the the turn four chicane, which is which will slow the, slow the cars down heading into that into that first turn, which was a smart move by NASCAR and unbelievable that they were able to actually make that change as quickly as they did. Um, but that'll definitely help. But that I'm more concerned about because, uh, you know, sending it into the first turn, on on a restart or at the beginning of the race is what it is. I mean, you know, guys are extremely close to each other. Anybody can lock the brakes up, but sending it in at speed is much more uh, dangerous and I think has a lot more implications if they were to happen. So Kevin Harvick's got the hardest job of anybody leading them into turn one, but he's got that clean air. So if he's able to really make it work, he could just fly away. William Byron now, he had some comments. He says, quote, hopefully we can go on to the road course at Daytona and keep building that point buffer. I think we're really good at road courses, so hopefully we can run there despite it being an unknown. So William Byron is focused on where he stands in the playoffs. It's obviously at the forefront of what he is thinking, and he's going to hopefully be capitalizing on stage points um, and hopefully being able to extend his point buffer um so these are the storylines going in you know drivers every single driver's thinking about something else uh we're looking at kurt bush now he had some interesting comments saying quote i think the fun factor this weekend has got everybody's anxiety level up but also the challenge that's right in front of us because it's basically a wild card style race where you could see a driver and a team that don't normally make the playoffs punch their ticket and that is another thing that can happen you know we talk about guys being conservative or being aggressive and really taking risks to t- try and gain track position or make up some of the, some of the time that the guys are that are being conservative are losing. So we could see that. You know, hell, we could see a giant pile up and most of the big names get taken out. And then you have a wild card like a Tyler Reddick 
a Ryan Newman, a Chris Busher, Christopher Bell. I mean, anybody that has no chance of making the playoffs unless they win. This could easily happen. You know, without any experience here at the track, without any qualifying, any practice, no time, anybody can come away with the win here to this weekend. The other possibility that can happen this weekend, NASCAR is bringing rain tires. They could be running this race in the rain. That would be nuts, okay? They, it could happen. They, I mean, you saw the, the Xfinity Series last weekend run, run in the rain at Road America, and we could see, barring a downpour, this race run in the rain. It's mid-August in Florida. It's like a 100% chance of rain every single day, especially in the, in, in, the, in the late afternoon. Come on. We could be seeing rain road course racing at the Daytona road course. Um, this could be one insane weekend. I do want to go back and just touch upon what I talked about, about guys using information from simulators and what, and what have you, uh, because it is going to be difficult to take any information because it only does so much. Stock cars drive and feel much different than the IMSA cars or other cars that guys may have run on this road course. You know, you can only feel so much response from, like, for example, the lips and the chicanes and all that on iRacing or whatever simulators drivers are using. So it's going to be a challenge because they can only use so much information and it's not really necessarily going to translate in the cockpit of the car. You know, when we talk about no practice and no qualifying, everyone's like, yeah, well, they get simulator time. They get this. They get that. Guys have been in the cars before. They've run on the track. It only does so much, you know. It's totally different uh, when you're running different setups, when you're running different cars, and all of that. So are any drivers going to be able to use information? Brad Kozlowski was vocal about it. He says that we probably won't be able to use any information that we that we have from running Penske IMSA cars or, or, or anything. Uh, but guys do look at drivers like Kyle Busch, who have run the Rolex 24 recently. And Chase Elliott actually made an interesting comment saying that if they if drivers had known that they were running the Daytona road course this year, you probably would have seen a number more na- of NASCAR drivers run the Rolex 24 this year just to get that experience on track. But again, the information inside of the car and how the car is going to respond basically means nothing uh, just because of how different it is. So with that, And with all of that, it sounds like drivers are up for the challenge. So let's take a look at the starting lineup and how the starting lineup was determined. So you could probably guess, but Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin make up the front row. And just to put it into perspective on how this performance-based formula works, Kevin Harvick finished first in the race, first in owner points, and at the second fastest lap. So as we mentioned before, this performance-based formula takes a look at the... uh, the your the your finish from the previous race, the manufacturer, as well as the fastest lap, and they all have a different percentage of weight that uh, that it carries over. So Harvick finished first in the race, so you multiply one by 0.5. First in over points, you multiply one by 0.3. That's 30 percent, and then second fastest lap, so you multiply two pi, by 0.15, and that gives him 1.15, which is the lowest metric total, which allows him to sit on the pole, as opposed to Denny Hamlin, who had, I believe, a 2.2. So that is how it is looked at, and it also shows that if you wreck, that heavily impacts your starting position. Brad Keselowski is starting 17th. Ryan Blaney is starting 24th. 
So that puts drivers at a big disadvantage uh, with this performance-based formula. So if you wreck, you're probably not starting starting great. Uh, but I mentioned before, Jimmy Johnson is the highest starting bubble driver. Uh, Eric Jones is starting 20th, so pretty deep in the field. William Byron starting in the top 15 as well. So it all depends on who's conservative and who's looking for stage points. We expect the bubble drivers to be aggressive and to try and capitalize on track position and maybe some other guys that are in the playoffs have a big enough cushion uh, that they're just looking to ride out some of the laps. So maybe, you know, within 20, 30 laps, you'll see guys really start to get comfortable, get a feel for the track. Um, but who knows? Nobody knows going into the weekend. With all that said, let me give you my fantasy five going into Daytona Road Course weekend. Had a pretty good week last week at Michigan, at the Michigan doubleheader. Uh, better Sunday than than Saturday, but still uh, remain atop the the leaderboards. Actually, I don't. I'm in second place now. Uh, so lost a little bit of ground, but looking to make that up again this weekend. So here's my fantasy five. Five drivers that you need to have on your lineup and one value driver. Here we go. We're starting with Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott shines on road courses. He's won the last two road course races at the Glen and the Charlotte Roval. Got his first win in the Cup Series at Watkins Glen. Uh, so Chase Elliott, you know, I talked about him at Michigan, and he's been vocal about his lack of speed. They're still running top 10, but obviously something is not clicking in that nine team. Um, this could be a another weekend where Chase Elliott could shine, maybe snag a win uh, just with how good at road courses he is. So that's the thing, man, especially in today's NASCAR. We got no more road course warriors, no more Boris Seds, Scott Pruitt's, Max Pappas's, Almond Dingers. Uh, so Chase Elliott is definitely one of the, I would say, quote unquote, road course warriors in the Cup Series now. So I would definitely have him on your lineup. We then have Martin Truex Jr., who it seems like every road course is battling with Chase Elliott for the win. That seems to be the narrative over the course of the last couple of road course races but Martin Truex Jr., again, one of the fiercest road course racers in the Cup Series, has a streak of four straight top three finishes. You know, this team's been firing on all cylinders, just hasn't been able to come away with a checkered flag. But still, really, really good on road courses. Won at Sonoma last year. So Martin Truex Jr. is definitely a driver that you should have in your lineup. And with that, his teammate Kyle Busch is another one. We're really starting to see that team make strides forward. Track position is going to be everything, trying to avoid the clutter of cars and just the congestion in mid-pack uh, running running on this track. So Kyle Busch is definitely going to be a driver that I think could capitalize on another good points day, uh, maybe come away with the stage win, but he'll definitely be up there. So Kyle Busch, for sure, I would have on your lineup. I have Ryan Blaney on here. Yes, he's starting deep in the field, but he's finished in the top eight in the last four road course races. He won the inaugural Charlotte Roval by chance uh, and just by by, uh, by by scenarios of what happened. And he continues to have winning speed. He just has to avoid the bad luck. I mean, he could have won Michigan last Sunday. He's, he could have won more races. Just bad luck, man. This, but there's no denying the speed that the 12 team has. So if he's able to work his way up through the field, um, you know, maybe some pitch strategy, he's able to find his way up there. Uh, Ryan Blaney could work his way up to the field and be there towards the end, but he's another one that's really good on road courses that you should have in your lineup. And then uh, the 
fifth driver is Matt Benedetto. Matt Benedetto solid on road courses in 2019. Two top tens and a and an eleventh place finish uh, on the three road courses in 2019. He's a deep sleeper to win this race, in my opinion. I think people need to look at Matt Benedetto starting uh, in the top ten, I believe. Yeah, Matt Benedetto is starting ninth, so good starting position. If he's able to keep that top ten, secure stage points, possibly be there at the checkered flag. You call me crazy, but Matt Benedetto could win this thing. And then my value driver is Jimmy Johnson. Could be a, be a big weekend to snag stage points for the 48 team. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, pretty solid on road courses. He's run well at the Charlotte Roval, so another new road course. Can he maybe capitalize on that? Uh, maybe not spin out in the final chicane on the last lap uh, once again. And that would be deja vu. But Jimmy Johnson, I think, could have a big weekend. If he's able to just be in contention and just be able to win stage points, that's what this fantasy is all about. It's all about getting your stage points. Um, so it's all about picking guys that are in the top 10, top 15 and qualifying. And then obviously a value driver outside of that that can make their way in. But if you have your points uh, or your uses, use them. Got four weeks left and then and then the, the picks reset. So use them to your advantage. And I would go with all of the quote-unquote road course warriors that that are here in the Cup Series. So my fantasy five, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Matt Benedetto, Jimmy Johnson. My pick to win this race is Matt Benedetto. I said it on the podcast in episode one that he was going to win the inaugural Daytona road course. Um, I think it, it's a good opportunity for Matt Benedetto to secure his spot in the playoffs and with how good with how good that he ran at road courses in the number 95 last year and with how he's run he's run much better in the 21 just better equipment uh not really that consistent but has put together solid races i think matt de benedetto could be there at the end and win this thing so he is my pick to win the inaugural daytona road course what is it the go bowling 250 yeah the goal oh the go bowling 235 perfect so i think matt de benedetto is going to get the win and uh, that'll be that. I mean, there's really not much else to say about this weekend because nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, but it's going to be exciting. I mean, I hope it's exciting. There's so much hype surrounding this race. You know, hopefully it lives up to it. Uh, you don't want a snooze fest, which I don't think we'll get one. Road course racing is never a snooze fest. But I don't think this will be any different. You just hope that it lives up to all of the hype and all of the excitement and that we get a nice, competitive, clean race. You know, we don't want to see all this tore up sheet metal, especially early on. We want to see guys competitive and uh, racing hard. So that is what we're looking at. And I'm pumped, dude. I'm so excited for this. It's going to be it's going to be one for the ages, a historic race at Daytona. Hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's a good one. Should be a lot of fun. Hope you guys are excited as well. So with that, that's going to do it for episode six here of The Shakedown. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. You could follow this podcast on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Shakedown underscore pod. Again, that is Shakedown underscore pod. You could also follow me on Twitter at MV Bachman. That's B-A-C-H-M-A-N-N on Twitter. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to hear what you guys think of this race definitely trying to get social media more involved and definitely working on some things with this podcast as well to make it more uh involved for the audience i really want to get your guys get you guys involved more 
and uh, get you guys part of the conversation. That's what it's all about, man. So definitely follow those social medias. YouTube will be coming soon. I say that every week. It will be coming soon. Just waiting to move into my new place. And then that will be live. So you'll be the first to hear that. And that's going to do it for me here today. So it's Friday. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Friday. uh, The rest of the work week. You know, relax this weekend. Get ready for the road course. Going to have a big show on Tuesday following this weekend. So again, thank you guys so much. And enjoy your weekend. We will see you on Tuesday. We'll be right back. 